0: Amen. 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 By way of real quick review, of course, we've been learning a lot about the, the biblical truth, which is what's most important is the biblical truth, because what our opinions are is obviously uh, of very little value on a comparative basis to what God's Word says. Last week, we were taking a look at what Jesus had to say about hell, which he had quite a bit to say. In fact, more than anybody else in all of the New Testament, Jesus spoke about hell. And he affirmed Torah, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And the writings of all of the Old Testament. So his first century um, listeners would have been quite familiar with what he was saying, with one exception. And that exception is, is that God is revealing progressively, through the book of Revelation... A lot of things, not the least of which is the doctrine, as we would call it now, of hell. they would call it a teaching on hell at that at that time. but his first century um, students, as they were sitting underneath him and listening to him, would have been very well versed in the subject Matter And even the words that he was using, because we know and we looked at the number of times that Jesus himself used the term Gehenna, and they knew full well what he was speaking of when he used that term. And so Jesus then expanded, of course, on what they would have been previously taught, as he did, not only for them, but for us. as this progressive revelation was taking place in the first century and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, we saw that Jesus was pretty harsh, actually, because we were looking at how we often tend to think about, in our day and age, the grace of God and the love of God and, and, and those are all very significant attributes of God and yet Jesus is God and he sat and he spoke and he taught and he used words that were frankly to his audience in the first century a little alarming coming from, from him a rabbi in their eyes, Right? And so he was pretty harsh. He spoke pretty directly, and we know that he used what parables in some cases. And then he spoke just very directly. Just one of the things I love about Jesus uh, is that when, when he spoke, you know, uh, people listened. And of course, as believers, when he speaks, we really listen, don't we? I love it. You know, I tell you the truth. Jesus said. Well, of course he tells us the truth. We wouldn't wouldn't believe anything but the fact that he's telling us the truth. And so it was in the first century. We saw that that hell was a place of punishment and that in 2 Thessalonians 1, we also saw that Jesus inflicts vengeance according to the word of God. Now, that's a powerful thing to say, isn't it? Because we don't think of Jesus that way often, but it says in Second Thessalonians one six through nine that we looked at it in some length last week that Jesus inflicts. That's an important word. All of a sudden, inflicting it becomes important. In fact, as we see tonight, as we're going to study, remember that word, inflicting. That becomes important for our study tonight. But he inflicts vengeance on those who are where? In hell. In hell. hell. Okay, (laughs) it's okay. You can say it. (laughs) You can use the word, okay? (laughs) He inflicted vengeance and, and he used all these terms and, and, and with, with the images of fire and we, we see how important that is uh, to, to the image of, of hell, the lake of fire and Gehenna, and, and meaning, meaning having the connotation of smoke and fire and sacrifice and, and these horrific things that that word uh, conjured up. And then we also saw that not only did Jesus have a lot to say about hell, but then so did others. Because in how many books are in the New, or letters as, as they really are, uh, in the New Testament, how many of them are there? 27. There's 27 of them. And interestingly enough, in 15 of the books of the New Testament, the topic of hell is communicated. Well, I did some quick math and I found that that's 55% of the New Testament books have something to say about hell. And Paul, although never using the word, was the and who obviously was the most prolific writer of the New Testament, um, uh, spoke about hell more than anybody else in the New Testament without ever using the word. Isn't that interesting? Fascinating. I, I didn't know that until I began this study. So, We also saw that in Revelation 14, God speaks about what? His wrath and His anger. And we don't like to think about God in those terms. But the Bible is very clear. It is very clear about God's wrath and His anger in hell, and that it's for an eternity. And then, obviously, according to Romans 5, 6, there is this wrath and this anger and there's this vengeance that is inflicted on those that are in hell, all the while Romans 5, 6 telling us that Jesus died for the ungodly. Those are the ones that are there. So we have this paradox that we're looking at, that Jesus came, thank you for the prayer, Jesus came. It's about salvation, it's about a plan of of rescue, and yet there's this wrath, and this anger, and this vengeance on the that are that's placed on the people that are in hell, the same people that God came to save. Why well, do I have to rest in that for just a second before we get to the point where we stick out our chest and we're all arrogant because we're not going there, but many are. The Bible says way more are than aren't. And before we get arrogant about not going there, boy, we better consider the fact that Jesus took on their sin. Bill, excuse me,
1: because I'm sorry, we were too sick last week and we didn't make it. Are you mm-hmm. saying that there were people in hell before Jesus came?
0: What I'm saying is that there is a present hell and a future hell. And the, the future hell, the Bible describes in the book of Revelation as the lake of fire. Yes. Okay. And that is ultimately after the great white throne judgment where Jesus' is every knee will bow, right? That's what the Bible says. And so what we're going to see and what we see progressively that is revealed to us throughout all of scripture is that there are these various terms that are used for hell. Sheol which is the Hebrew word and Hades which is the same thing. It is, it is the realm of the dead by, by definition. Okay, By definition. And, and we, we, can, we won't tonight but we could go into great detail and length in the study of of um, the, the spiritual and or physical nature of this place the realm of the dead and so in one sense for tonight let's leave it at this in one sense the first century Jew would believe that when you died you were in a holding place it might give you a little clue as to what the Catholic teaching on purgatory is where it, what its basis is it has no biblical basis but it has, a, it has a traditional basis, if you will. And so what the first century Jew would believe is that there wasn't this place of torment. What they believed was that there was this place of punishment. Daniel 12.2 talks specifically for the very first time in the progressive revelation about hell, talks about there being this place of punishment for what? Disobedience, not following the law. Okay. so a first-century Jew would have would have been quite familiar with that. So what we see is we see that that um, uh, God's presence actually is in hell.
2: How can that be? As we excuse me,
0: God created it. We're going to look at that a little bit more tonight and. And and what are the three most important? Not the three most. What are three very important attributes um, that that are really are the nature of God? His omnipotence, his omnipotence, and his omniscience. his omniscience. So he's all everything. And we looked last week at, in a sense, that God, because we know that Satan isn't in charge of the ultimate hell, the lake of fire, and who is? God, and his presence is there, but his grace is not there, his mercy is not there, and I can't explain that.
1: He can be present, but but hold himself back, back. because they don't know he's there.
0: Because there is the vengeance, and there is his wrath, and there is his anger, and there is this torment. We're told very clearly what hell is, very clearly, and we know that God's presence is omni; He's omnipresence, but but unlike heaven, okay, you see where there is no more wrath of God. There's no more sin. There's no more curse. It's not that way in hell. And so when we look at separation, people in hell being separated from God, that's only partially biblically correct because they're not totally separated from God because God's presence is omni, but His grace and His mercy is not present. And in some sense we saw in the New Testament that there, it's known that's part of the torment. Remember the rich man and Lazarus the rich man says, "Oh warn my brothers. This place is terrible." But who was he talking to? Remember who who's the rich man talking to?
3: Abraham. Abraham.
0: Who wasn't he talking to? God. That's significant. He wasn't speaking to God. He was speaking to Abraham. Wow. So there's a lot to be learned. Then we can, we can learn a lot from what is both said and what is not said. Although we have to be careful with implication, don't we? Because there are things that are, that are fairly clear by implication, and there are other things that we have to be very careful of because we want to sometimes in our humanity, but when we don't understand, we want to project some meaning into the words that aren't there. And we're going to see tonight that that happens on a real regular basis. And I think if we're honest, we would all have to confess to that. We would all have to confess. But God's holiness and wrath will be present in hell and not his grace and not his blessing. And we also see that there's degrees of punishment there. That's very clear biblically. There are degrees of punishment in hell. And... That wouldn't be really news to us because it's consistent with the degrees of reward in heaven. We saw that in our study of heaven with crowns. What did you do with what you knew? What did you do with what God gave you? And we saw finally that of course Satan isn't in charge. That was quite a revelation for Steve. And then that it was a clarification for me. It and, well, and then it, it translated over into Thursday morning's Bible study with the group of like 16 men, and we started talking about that. And it was like, "Hey, did you know that Satan isn't in charge of it? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's not. Let's kind of, You know." And and so there it is. And so the Word of God does never returns mm-hmm. void. And we started talking about that, and and it's and it's clear that it begins then to to spread this truth, this biblical truth, and uh and it and it can overcome misconceptions of which there isn't a person in this room that doesn't have at least one misconception about something in the Word of God, because we can't contain it all. It's virtually impossible, which is why we're going to study it until it takes us home. Amen? Amen. So you
1: know, we're putting it on, on
4: forever. On forever. <laughs> forever. We're going to study his, in perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> study his word as opposed to studying hell, right? Yes. Well,
0: that's
4: right. <laughs> I mean,
3: that's right. Because right now we have a clear
0: understanding of the biblical truth of hell, don't we? A pretty clear one, don't we? It's getting clear. It's getting clear. Okay. We know it's real. Okay? Just like heaven I this is a real place. There's real people that are that are that are going to die, that are going to go there. To this real place where there's torment and there is this this in that sense this separation from it's horrific. And and again we've talked each week a little bit about the gravity of the place. You know, so we th- we can't make light of it because people 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 are destined to go there, and so you know that's a, that should that should shake us up from a real heartfelt point of view. It's one thing to want to share the gospel in terms of the good news. It's another thing what Jesus said was, "Hey, there's vengeance in hell." This is. This is difficult. So there's heavenly music going on right <laughs> now. God Nobody
1: ever calls. <laughs> I can't even talk to oh,
0: Okay. Oh, oh, too late. It went away.
3: <laughs>
0: now they left <look laughs> you a voice message. As long as it's not Mr. Ruder, you're fine. Okay, okay that's an inside joke. Okay. <laughs> so we see that God has revealed progressively right up to the book of Revelation this, the, 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 the facts about and the truth about hell. Amen? Mm-hmm. And we know that he also gave us progressive revelation on everything from creation to sin to the rescue plan that he's put in place, and then ultimately the consequences. And we know that all the way up to the book of Revelation, where progressive revelation stopped. And we we looked last week very briefly at the fact that when somebody tells you that they've received revelation from God, that is outside of the biblical construct, run for the hills. I was doing some study, and, I, and uh, you know, you have to love the internet. And so I was, I was doing some reading on the question that we're going to look at next, which is could a could a loving God send people to hell? And we're going to look at this tonight biblically. And I was doing some research, and I ran across a, a fellow um, that um, is a pastor of a church in Oklahoma, and um, and he said uh, that. Uh, a lot of really good things, that the church has fallen away, and in some ways he's absolutely right, he's fallen away from the the truth of scripture and uh, and and that's clear and in some in many ways that's what's happened at least in this country we because it's the one I'm familiar with I live here and uh, and so we we see that uh and then he said that there There is a lot of false teaching, and false teachers are going to go to hell. Well, we looked at that scripture last week, and that's very clear. False teachers are headed for hell. And then he had another link on his webpage, and he listed all the false teachers. And all the false churches. And the list of the false teachers started with uh, John MacArthur, uh, I, and he just, he just started listing all these people that I would, I would um, uh, be in almost, maybe perhaps not total agreement, but, but certainly on the fundamentals of the faith, I would be in complete agreement with. Uh, uh, Billy Graham, and, and, and the list went on and on and on. And then somebody wrote him the question and said that, that if, if the true church isn't teaching the Word of God anymore, where, where do I go to find... A good, solid, true church. And his answer was there's only one. Come
3: to
0: mine. Mine. <laughs> so you have to be very cautious about where you go with trying to discern okay, well what what people are what people are espousing because there's a lot of crackpots out there. Yes. A lot of crackpots.
4: So you don't want me to tell you yeah. that I right know when Rapture well. You could tell me, but oh, no. we'll have to excuse you. <laughs> <that's laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever day Tim says, we know it's not going to be We happen. know it's not going <laughs>
0: <happen. laughs> to right. yeah, okay, so And like so this. do I, thankfully. Oh, yes. Or anybody else for that matter. So, a few weeks ago, and then last week, and the week before, and the week before <laughs> that, <laughs> I asked the question, would a loving God send people to hell? Would God send people to hell? And that was, a, that was pretty much the unanimous response in this room. And we've been studying this, this topic of hell, this reality of hell, the biblical truth about hell. And I want to ask the question one more time before we, before we delve into it this evening because it becomes a pretty important question. So, the, the God that is the creator of the universe... This God that we worship, this God that is the reason that we're here, is this God sending people to this place called hell, the lake of fire ultimately, for an eternity of torment.
4: As it's been said a little bit here this evening, uh, it's their option, it's each individual's option whether they want to go to heaven or hell.
2: So it's a choice...
0: It's a free will choice. It's a free will choice and God doesn't send people.
4: He didn't send them, no. Okay. He, as we agreed in prior weeks, He created everything, He just said it. He created everything, the entire universe, Mm -hmm. which includes hell. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Okay. Anyone else? And He makes it real clear. Okay. Since
1: since, uh, human beings live forever... And they can't because they have sinned or have not accepted Christ as their Savior. They can't go to heaven. He's got to put them somewhere.
0: So does he? So did they choose it, or did he send them?
1: He didn't send them, but they but they go there because he can't allow them into heaven.
2: Okay. They send themselves. he, He removes himself from them. Okay.
1: What about the people that never? have given the word they have never heard the word oh. about people mm-hmm. in countries that aren't developed for a long time It was just mm-hmm. in the east okay. and the people were dying Christ Christ's time too okay. now we're 2,000 years later the word hasn't there's places on the earth it hasn't reached Okay. but 500 years ago there were a lot of places that have not reached okay. and what about those people?
2: what
0: about those people? does he send them to hell because they didn't because they didn't accept Christ? Is that your question?
1: Yeah, do you tell me. That wasn't a statement. That was a question. Oh, okay. Okay,
0: well, we'll we'll get to that later. But the question... (laughs) You
3: said there were degrees. There were degrees of... Punishment. (laughs) Punishment. There clearly are, biblically speaking,
0: degrees of punishment in hell. But that's not the question. The question is, does God send anyone there? Oh, okay. The question, I think, is what about the people who haven't heard but but Olivia's question is what about the people with, that's a different question
1: yeah they didn't know about the narrow gate
0: understand and that's a different question my question is does God send or conversely do we choose I think it's what Sally said because God is sending the devil to the lake of fire
1: but the devil may choice
3: to all away hmm. Well, why don't we we
0: delve into Scripture a little bit and see if we can answer this question. Because I think it's important that we have, we can opine, can't we? Um, And there's just enough of a question in the air that I think it's worth delving into what God's Word says as opposed to what we think. Amen. Yes. How willing would you be if there wasn't a question? Yes, absolutely. So,
3: but first
0: we're gonna we're gonna take a look. Does God send people to hell, or do they choose? But before we go there, we better be clear about defining some of the words and the terms that we're going to use, right? Because words have different meanings. Bob and I were talking about that because he was here earlier. We were talking about uh, we were talking about language and how it changes and how and how it's important to understand the first century Jew as it relates to this topic on hell, because we have to be able to translate. For ourselves, you know, some 20 odd centuries later, because we don't think like they do. And so, we, you know, we didn't get to sit under Jesus directly. We, we get to do it, well, do we? That's a whole other question. But the point is that, that words matter. Okay? And so, let's take a look at which book do I really like a lot, Ernie? The 1957 Webster's Dictionary. (laughs) Now, just by virtue of it being a common book that we could all relate to, and let's define a couple, let's define three words. In terms of choice or sending, because this is the the question that we want to tackle tonight. So choice means a selection, an option, or thoughtfulness in the care of, of selecting. Okay? So remember that. Choice is a selection or an option or thoughtful care in selecting. So what could some synonyms be for choice? How about alternative? Because if we're going to make a choice, we have to have an alternative. Choice denotes that there's more than one way. Amen? Mm -hmm. Alright, so if we're going to have a choice, we have alternatives. That's choosing one while rejecting the other. And what about, how about a synonym, preference? What does preference mean? Liking. Liking, okay. How about using one's own judgment to select? Oh, Using one's own judgment. As in personal preference. As in personal preference. Okay? Think about these things in terms of choice or sending. Because that's, that's what we're going to try to, to wrestle through here tonight. Okay? And then, what about election? That's another great synonym for, for choice. Okay? Well, if you're gonna make an election, I don't mean going to the election in the ballot box, I mean if you're gonna make an election of something, right, it means that you're, you're gonna, you have the power to make the choice. I elect to follow Jesus. Or I elect to reject Jesus. In the context of what we're talking about tonight. Amen? And then, so beyond just choice, we have the word choose. Because choose now personalizes it, doesn't it? Okay, because now that's what we're talking about. Do people choose or does God send? Okay, and so to choose is to have a preference for or to decide to or to make a selection. It's quite personal. Okay? I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to these I'm gonna come back to these because all of a sudden we're thinking about choice and choosing one becomes quite personal and now we're we're I'm, I'm hoping we're doing hmm okay let me see if people are rejecting Jesus are they choosing to do that because we know what the we know what the outcome is if you reject Jesus and you take your last breath on this planet we know what the outcome is already don't we. We've been studying. You're, you're, you're going to hell. It's that simple. So did I choose that, or did God send me? But what does sending mean? This becomes important. Now I want you to listen very carefully. I'm going to come back to this several times tonight. Okay. Mm-hmm. To send, in our language, that is translated into our translations that most of us are using. To sin means to cause, to go, or to happen. The word cause is very important. To sin means to cause, to go. To sin means to cause, to go. You got that wrapped around your brain for just a second? To sin means to cause, to go. Would that definition like well, we have to go deeper it's possible isn't it? Yeah. it are you thinking about it now yeah good okay that's what I want you to do I want to, yeah we need to get our heads to spin here then we need to see what the Bible says because we don't make our we don't make theological decisions on what the 1957 Webster says we only use the 1957 Websters to give us a pretty good idea of what these words mean today. Because the words are powerful. Words have meaning. We have, to, we have to understand what they mean. So to choose is, I mean, excuse me, to send is to cause to go or to happen, or to deliver, or to permit, or enable, or to cause, or order to depart. Now listen to this. The 1957 Webster's Dictionary under sin says this, or to consign to death or a place of punishment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you know why I like the 1957 Webster's as opposed to the mm-hmm. 2015 Webster's that would say nothing of the kind, mm-hmm. because they have gone secular. And Webster's was, was a very um, a different... Um, Instrument. Instrument, thank you, in 1957 than it was in, in, in 2014 or 15. Okay. So, uh, so now... A lot of
1: his, for example, were Bible verses. Pardon me? A lot of his, for example... Yes. Were Bible verses. No question about it.
0: Yes. And so right here it says to, to sin is to consign to death or a place of punishment, which comes right out of Scripture. And so what does consign mean? It means to give or to transfer or to place formally. Okay? And you're gonna see in your Bible tonight in your Bible tonight, <laughs> <laughs> the new King James, we are going to see the word consign. Okay? And because consign means to what? Give,
3: mm-hmm.
0: transfer, mm-hmm. or deliver formally. Send is a very important word, and we need to get real clear on whether God sends or whether we choose. Because the definition of sending is to consign, which means to give, transfer, or deliver, or to cause to go. Well, I want you to remember that. So I'm going to firmly plant that in our brains tonight. Because now we have to ask a couple of questions and answer them. Who created hell? Okay. John 1.3. I know you're already there because it's on your sheet. What does John 1.3 say? Through him all things were made; without him nothing was made that has been made. Okay. And uh, how many things were made by God? Oh. All. Yeah. Okay. And that would include what? Yeah. Hell, thank you very much. Okay. And if you weren't firm enough about that, if that didn't do it for you, then turn to Colossians one sixteen, which says.
4: For him, all things are created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. The thrones, the powers, the rulers, the authorities, all things have been created through him
0: and his word. I like the Colossians passage better because it expands upon the passage in John 1 3, doesn't it? It says, even the things that are visible and invisible. How many of us have seen the invisible things? I haven't seen an invisible thing yet. But the things that are invisible that we cannot see, God created.
2: I bump into a molar <laughs> you know,
0: That's an eyesight issue, Ernie. And an age issue. So the Apostle Paul told us you were bumping into things back when you were hanging with him too, just so you know. So all things were created by God and so why did Well and He created hell, we said. So why did he create hell? When did he create hell is the question. Well, nobody knows. But why did he create hell?
3: Well, he had to put the ones that were going to be disobedient someplace, so that's what he made a place for. Oh,
0: he made hell...
3: He made it for the, for the devil. Yeah. And he, no, that's who
0: he made it for. Oh, yeah. Why did he make it?
3: Because he because gave he us can't. free will and yeah. knew that we would fall.
2: Because he gave us a choice. He
0: knew everything and he knew we needed Hmm. Those but are all good. Stand, stand. Those are all good. I'm still waiting for her. I'm still waiting <laughs> for us. A place it. to consign them to. <laughs> A place to be consigned to. <laughs> and, 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 and why why would we be cons? Not us, because we're not going there. Why would people be consigned there? Because the answer
3: goes for, for
0: him. Be- Okay, because well, those are all good answers, and they're all they're all biblical, but that's not the one I'm looking for. Because they didn't accept Jesus Christ as their yeah. Lord and Savior. That's the that's that's a good one too. And, and so what, and so what happens because of that, Tim? Be-
3: because there's
0: vengeance and disobedience, and we've looked at it three times in the last three weeks. punishment. Thank you, Doris. In Daniel, you don't have to turn there, in Daniel 12.2, we see the first, in the progressive revelation of heaven, we see that the first century Jew, based on Daniel 12.2, would understand for the first time that hell is a place of punishment. that that word punishment comes to mind. It says, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame, and everlasting contempt, which is punishment. So we see that God, this is God, by the way, we're talking about here, who created
1: hell, and he created it,
0: or punish
2: him. Is that harsh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the is trying to figure out who created it. Go back to Genesis, and he
3: created everything.
4: And he said it was very good. Ah. The time of That was before the fall. I think that was reference to the earth. I think it would all be conjecture and speculation because
3: the Bible doesn't say. It. That's true
0: too. Ah. Huh. Well, I'm sorry,
3: but, but we also. Go ahead. everything he makes is good. So why wouldn't you he, be happy with? He is hell good? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> 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 okay,
0: we want to stay theological and not philosophical, right? But but that's okay. So who did he create it for then?
1: Devil is himself.
0: Okay, Matthew twenty-five forty-one. Right? Are you there?
3: No. Somebody,
0: somebody, read Matthew twenty five forty one. We have to answer the question: Who was hell created for?
1: Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels.
0: So we see in 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 what in the gospels we see this continued revelation. We see also that not only is there punishment, which is the purpose. But we see that, that hell, when we don't know when it was created, we don't have any idea when hell was created, when God created hell, in the in the timeline of things, okay, it's completely left out, and yet we know who he created it for, which begs a couple of questions, doesn't it, Before you before Satan... Well, or after I don't have a clue. Well, he knew Satan was going to fall. He knew Satan was going to fall. He knew we'd all be sitting in this room tonight having this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> then he knew that he, we that
3: he would have, to have a place to put Satan. And,
0: <laughs> and it was all part of God's plan, and mm-hmm. hell was created for the devil and his angels
3: <laughs>
0: initially. Because remember, we're still in the Gospels here and there's progressive revelation and we're going to see more in a minute. So we answer the question. He created hell for the devil and his fallen angels. Now that makes absolute sense to us, doesn't it? Doesn't it, Betty? I mean, the devil is evil. He should go to hell. He deserves it. And none of us have a problem with that, do we? Nope.
3: I want to think that would scare everybody that not not thinking about heaven or anything. Everything the thought of having to go to the same place the devil and the fallen angels and the demons are going to be. Wouldn't that be? a need
0: think about that. Well, isn't that what we took, isn't that what we looked at last week when we saw Jesus t- talking with such with such almost great fervor? He was talking about hell. It was a warning. Mm-hmm. He was warning people. Clearly, the words he used were warning. You know, warning, warning, warning. Don't go. Don't go. And it's an easy decision, isn't it? (coughs) Except for the fact that most people don't make it. So, therefore, it's not as easy as we think. It's only easy from our perspective because we're sitting here at a Bible study in Omaha, California in 2015. But it hasn't been easy for people over time. And Jesus knew that, didn't he? And so who's going there then? Who's going to hell ultimately? And I'm going, to, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to what we were looking at last week. Who's going to hell? We know that the devil and his angels are going there. The non-believers. non-believers.
3: Yeah. The people yeah. who don't feed the hungry. People who do don't feed the hungry, food excellent. drink, they will not have strangers in their house.
0: Wow.
3: Clothes, people. Wow. Keep on going past that
0: verse. Yeah, keep on going past that verse. Thank you very much, Dwayne. So, what we see in Scripture, and there's a lot of Scripture that we can point to that we're not going to go to tonight, but it also says that not only the devil and his fallen angels are going there, but false teachers are going there. Like I was telling you about that I was reading on the internet, There's absolutely, he fits into that category. I'm not going to judge his eternal destiny. I'm just saying what the scriptures say that the false teacher is going to hell. Hell is reserved for false teachers. That's what scripture says. It also says that misusers of their wealth, meaning that you, you know we're wealthy people, and if we're not feeding the homeless, and if we're not you know if we're not doing those kinds of things. What? Matthew 25? Um, then that, that we're destined for hell. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? And then he says this. We looked at this three different times we've looked at this verse. And he says that also those who call their brother Raka, stupid, <laughs> hey, stupid, <laughs> stupid. Watch, I call, my brother, it, I call my brother stupid and I call him a fool, and Jesus himself says, you are on the precipice, my friend, of going to hell. But that, because doesn't, but
1: that, that doesn't mean, does it when, I mean, you know, when kids are fighting or siblings are fighting or something and they say, you know, oh, you're so stupid. You know, no. You can't understand. You have to understand doesn't the context. That, doesn't it mean stupid about...
3: Spiritual thing, It thing. says, yeah. what it means
0: is, is that if I profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm sitting in this room right now, and either publicly or privately, I say to my brother, who is a follower of Jesus Christ, i stupid, you're such a fool, you idiot.
3: Okay?
0: And if I do that, Jesus says, mm-hmm. careful, yeah. be careful, because what is it? What is Jesus calling me out on?
3: Your my That's right.
0: My selfishness. My hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Am I in the faith? It's a heart issue. That's what Jesus was calling him out on. And so it, those are the people that are going to help many scriptures I'm, on that topic. Well,
1: I'm sitting here worried about all the parents that are not directing their children. To I mean, you know, we've lost a whole generation. These are heartfelt things to
0: consider, aren't right? they?
1: Because... In fact, they stand. They stand in the way. Mm-hmm. The schools are not allowed to teach. They even mention the word God.
0: So, so is God sending them to hell, or are they choosing to go? I don't
3: know. It's God's choice. It's
1: says, <laughs> <government. laughs> "Reinforcement
3: God of God's love." Parents do that. It's, it's a what?
0: Reinforcement <laughs> of God's love. Totally. Which is a heart condition, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, if we have agape love, it comes out of right relationship with God. If I was in a right relationship with God and I was a follower of Jesus Christ, I wouldn't even utter the term to him, calling him stupid and a fool as a brother in Christ. I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, So, that's the point. Because agape love, as we know we know full well that agape love flows out of a right relationship with God and so he's calling people out that are not in right relationship that's the issue here and those but those people are they're on the cusp aren't they
2: Well, he's eliminated my vocabulary when I drive down
0: the freeway. But, But that's different, Marvin. That's that's just sin. Okay. So, but what what are the what's the theme what what's the theme in all these things like? God creating hell and who's going there and why did he create it? What, what's what's the theme? Reverence to
3: God.
0: Reverence to God. Hell is punishment. See that's a that's a big one for for people to to get over. Hell is punishment. We don't like punishment, do we? And yet we do it. Everybody,
1: issuing, who's
0: issuing? Who's the punishment? issuing the punishment? Well, okay, do we have a problem with authority?
3: God would do something.
0: So, if God, is, if God created hell for the purpose of, of punishment, so is he sending us there, or are we choosing to go to this place of punishment?
3: Well, he came and offered his own, self, his own life himself mm-hmm. as payment for our sin. So, if we accept that, then we don't
0: have a debt to pay. Yeah, but Doris, you're talking all this Christianese, and you know that's just a bunch <laughs> of mumble jumbo stuff. OK, you that.:, because here's what I'm thinking. Doris,' here's yeah, what I'm you thinking. Doris: What.): No I'm not now, I'm just role-playing, but, but, but it's, a, it's a good role play, isn't it? Because, because we have people that we will we'll run across all the time. We have loved ones, family members, friends, we, people that we know that have absolutely no room for God in their lives, do they? And so that's not what Jesus was talking about by saying you call your, your brother a fool. That's, he's not talking about, about those. He's talking about some of this professing believer that would talk that way. Hey, you're not right with God or you wouldn't talk that way in the first place. But then, what, what about... We've got to remember that to send is to consign, right? To consign or to transfer or permit or cause or enable and to choose is to decide or select or elect to go. And, but what about belief? See, because you're talking about it in the pers- from the perspective of a room full of believers. Okay, but what about non-believers? Well, the they, truth is out there for them. Okay.
3: And there are people who probably have told them about it. Okay. The reason that
0: it's
3: unknown to them, but they have chosen not to
0: believe. Okay, so so where does belief come in to the equation in terms of God either sending or people? Choosing, Because if I don't believe in hell, Doris, yeah. <laughs> that's all hogwash, Doris, and you know it. I'm not going to hell because there is no hell. There's churches that teach that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where does belief come in?
3: By you, you like seeking the truth.
0: How's that? <laughs> well, because
3: all, the Scripture says whose name written in the book of life. Oh. Everybody's name is written in the book of life. <laughs>
0: But again, yeah, but I don't believe that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <just> well, <what> <laughs> maybe it doesn't
0: matter what you believe. Yeah. <laughs> It gets a little challenging all of a sudden, doesn't it? Because as I sit here and role-play an unbeliever, you see, you come at it from a 21st century perspective as a believer. We have all this history. We have all this writing. We have all this faith. We have all this truth. And yet, here I am sitting here playing the role of an unbeliever. I don't believe any of that monkey business.
3: So am I still
0: choosing because I don't believe? Or is God sending me because I don't believe? I'm choosing not to believe. I have a question. Sir.
2: If you stick your hand in the fire, are you going to get burnt? Every time. If you step off a cliff, will you fall? Every or time. will you fall?
0: float? <laughs> well, it depends on what I'm wearing, but that's... Um, you, know,
2: you, know, you know my background. You choose to yes. step your hand in the fire knowing that you're going to get burnt Right. Because you're an adult, not a child. And if you step off a cliff, you know you are going to go down, and if it's a big distance, you're not going to survive. Or if you do, you're not going to be in any good shape. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you made the choice. Hmm. God set the rules okay. the fire burns. <laughs> I like this it guy. It yeah. causes you to go Good down, but
0: you... I don't so what you're saying, then, what life. you're saying is is that my beliefs have nothing to do with whether or not God either sends or I choose. Because he my beliefs are not...
2: anybody. He just says, if you do this, that's the consequences.
0: Okay, so the sending or going to hell has nothing to do with my beliefs. That's what you're saying
2: if you wish to take it that way okay I did because well, it helps me <laughs>
3: the okay. also can I read something none can come to the father and, and none can come to me Jesus said unless the father draws them oh <coughs> so does he draw
0: everybody well now we're getting into a whole there a whole I almost said
2: yeah, well, <laughs> okay,
0: and we're not going to go there tonight, but that's an important one as well. Wes?
2: Yeah, I, I like this, this little uh, saying here uh, Proverbs 1 uh, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You don't believe, you don't have the knowledge of what can happen. Uh, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Hmm. So all fools go to hell. Mm. <laughs> so, that's no, and the Holy
0: Spirit has something to do with it. So, but if I don't believe, if I don't believe, Would I? I okay, I, I choose not to believe. Uh, am I going to go to hell? Why did you in my room? But if I choose not to believe, am I going to go to hell? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. according to according yeah. to what the Bible says. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Now, now. Okay. Could I go to hell if I do believe?
2: Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yes,
0: absolutely. Because what do we know? The devil believes. Absolutely, and the That's demons, right. and we know that we know that from Legion, don't we? And we know that the the, the, the demons are petrified of it's Jesus it's Christ. True. Why? Because he has the true That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So really, I, I, I so, like right. what Bob said. So our beliefs don't right. impact <laughs> the truth. The truth is the truth, whether we believe it or not. When we step off the cliff, whether we believe we're going to float or not, we're not going to float, are we? God's law. Scott. It
2: It says that God, there was nothing created that God wasn't the creator of. Right. So, like you were saying, if you step off the cliff, walk, God God created the laws of gravity. You're not going to go up, you're going to go down. Right. So, the laws of getting into heaven are you must believe on the sun. Oh. Okay. And so, what's the consequences? You can't go. Mm-hmm. So you go. You down and go up. I mean, that's and what is that?
0: How does that relate to whether or not God's sending me or I'm choosing?
2: Because you made the choice to step off.
0: Okay, I made. Mean, or not. Or not
2: law of okay. gravity will pull you down, or you know. So yeah. the law is: okay. you have to believe in the son okay. Into the fog, right? To the five gravity.
0: Okay, we're gonna come back to that. Because can God <coughs> do whatever He wants?
3: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, isn't
4: stuff.
2: God the out, out. transporter whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell? Okay. Isn't he responsible for that? Well,
0: I don't know what you mean by that. What do you mean by that?
3: When you stand before him at the last
1: minute and he judges you,
3: you go to heaven or he
1: sends you to hell? So he, so
0: he does send people to hell.
1: At the last minute, he judges you and he you go to okay this heaven. is good well, this is hell. good this is important let's listen up now stand there he's gonna okay so so at the final judgment level. at the great white throne
0: judgment yes okay because we look at the sheep, and the, uh, the sheep and the goats and if you're a goat he's gonna send you to hell You he can't just stand there he's
1: gonna send you out of his way and send you yeah. to hell oh that's interesting
0: and 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 your comment was well I mean he sent you one place and oh, the other that's what he's saying okay so you're saying basically the same thing so, can yeah. God do whatever He wants? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to come back to I
2: hear your choice. Yeah. He can not lie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to, though. I didn't say, either. can He do anything?
3: So stand,
0: so Let's go to Romans yeah. before we get out of control. <laughs> Romans <you're> nine fourteen. 14. <laughs> whose fault would that again? I got a of from him going around,
1: <laughs> the, beating around the boys. That's what He
3: does. I know. <laughs>
0: there's an important question in scripture that is raised for us directly and we're going to see it in Romans 9:14 as we look at this question does God send or do we choose and and who makes these decisions anyway Okay, Romans nine fourteen through 20 eight. I'm just going to read. This is out of I believe the NIV is what I copied this out of. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? <coughs> Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy. Listen to this. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Can God do whatever he wants? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Says so right here. He can have mercy on whom he's going to have mercy, and he have compassion on who he's going to have compassion. Does that Bother you. Let's keep reading. It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. Now listen, because now it gets really important not that this wasn't important, one of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use. Now really listen here. What if... What? you ever read this scripture before? Mm -hmm. What if God, although choosing to show His wrath and make His power known, bore with great patience the objects of His wrath, Mm -hmm. prepared for destruction... That's a question. What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory? Now, I want to focus on verse 22, this what if. What if God what? Chose.
3: Chose. Chose.
0: What, if God what if God chose to do what? His
3: wrath. His, wrath.
0: And his, wrath. his wrath to whom?
1: wrath on whom? for destruction.
2: Go, go back to where mm. Moses is talking to Pharaoh. <laughs> what does God do to Pharaoh? What does He do? There's your answer. That's mm. mm. <laughs> well, there hey you
3: know,
2: there's the answer there's to what question?
0: Predestination. Destination. Okay. See, there are these vessels of wrath. Who are the vessels of wrath that he's talking about here? Ah. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about real people here, by the way. Okay, we're talking about real folks. Okay. And what if he did that? To show those he saves how great His glory and mercy is? Yes. Hang on. Let's reel this in a little bit. So God... This is a question now. Don't, don't forget. This is a question that Paul is raising. This is not a statement. What if God... Be careful what we project into the into, into Scripture here. What if... This is a provocative question, isn't it? What if God... Although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction. What if he did that? What would you do with that? What would you do if the question were answered? Yes, God chose. Bob, Bob, did he? He made the rules. Yeah. You want to follow him or not follow him. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I agree I with, with your thinking. Read the rest of the chapter. Of course you have to, to keep it all in context. The focus, though, right now is, what if all of a sudden becomes a really important question that Paul's asking here? It's a, it's a kind of a rhetorical question, isn't it?
3: What if, what if God does this?
2: Well, he says in the last verse in the book, chapter... Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him shall not be put to shame. Mm -hmm. So he's telling you. Right there. He's stuck things out there so you don't (laughs) trick. Right there. It's pretty plain, isn't
0: it? It's pretty plain. It's pretty pretty simple. So what if all of a sudden becomes this really important question? Especially in light of God's wrath and his judgment. Because we're talking about wrath and judgment and hell. And whether God sends people there or we choose. I just want us to think. I want to be, I want to be real careful before we make the decision that God absolutely allows us for choice. I just want to be careful with that. Let's get all the way through before we determine that. And we may determine that, but let's let scripture speak for itself so we have to notice that it's a statement it's not it's 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 I mean it's posed as a question not as a statement right and the context really is God is God and we're not it's a potter clay analogy. we see that throughout scripture, don't we yeah, Jesus in the New Testament says you know Peter's worrying about
4: whether or not here John, you know, all that he says. What if I want him to live until I come back? And mm-hmm. you know, like that's the bottom mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Well, and then we also see in Isaiah fifty-five eight. What do we see there? My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. <laughs> and so here we are. A bunch of very fallible people sitting in this room, and we're, we're studying God's Word, and God knows our heart is right in trying to study His Word. It doesn't mean He knows that. And so here we are, we're trying to study it, and we're, we're, we're allowing uh, ourselves to be open to the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the only way that we can understand any of this. And yet, God reminds us that He's the Creator, we're the created, He's the, he's the potter, we're just the clay. And his thoughts and his ways are way higher than our thoughts and our ways, and we need to keep that perspective, don't we? It's really important to keep that perspective. So when we say God doesn't send people to hell, but that they choose to go there, what's the basis of that statement that we make? On what basis do we make that statement?
3: Well, we have the belief that we have free choice.
0: Okay.
3: And we do to some extent at least.
0: we have free will. I think that's a pretty common... That's common knowledge, isn't it? And that's biblical, isn't it? Well,
3: our ways just aren't, uh, aren't the same as his ways. Yeah. That's all there is to it.
0: Okay. Like, Ours aren't the same as yeah. his? We, what does we,
3: that, we, that mean? It means our will always have. That means our <laughs> will compared <laughs> to his? We're nothing compared to his. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm wondering how much... Of that comment, when we say, "Oh no, God would never send anybody else," I wonder how much of that is based on the fact that we would that we cringe at that because this is a loving God. God is love, First John. God is love. Okay, and so how much of that is in light of God's grace? How much of that is in light of what what we want to project? How much of that isn't biblical, or is it all biblical? Let's keep going. See, because God's nature isn't going to change, is it? No. It never has, it never will. Okay. No, but that's
1: now, only part of it. That's only part of it. The God of love would not sin so but he's also... The question that Robin and, came up with this weekend was, God is righteous? Why should I be happy if God's righteous and I'm not? You know? <laughs>
3: so, he... he
0: but, she, but, she, that, but that's, that's not biblically correct anyway. Yes. Because if she's a believer, she's already righteous in the sight of God.
1: That was the answer I gave Of course, that's the only but answer there he is. He Amen. sees Christ's righteousness, he doesn't see Robert.
0: Okay. Well, this is pretty interesting because as we look at God's nature and whether or not God has the... We know he has the capacity to send people to hell. The question is, does he? Let's turn to Genesis 6. Because we have to deal with the nature of God, don't we? Because to answer the question, we have to look at the whole counsel of God. And if we look at Genesis six eleven through 13, it says this, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. Not much has changed. That's just a commentary. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to no, Noah, I am going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with violence be, uh, because of them. I am surely going to destroy them, both them and the earth. Who's talking? God. What did he do? Did, he, did God really do that? Yes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really happened. And what was the outcome? Everybody died, but
2: no one is family. Yeah, no there's family. people on the boat. God,
0: who did that? God, God did that. He did it with
2: Son. Okay. I have a question. Yes, sir. Verse 1. Who are they referring to? Verse Verse 2. Verse
3: Oh. when well, men
4: began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they married any one of them they chose that's
2: what that's, and now who are the sons of God that this refers to it's a
1: whole
0: different candidate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I deliberately dumped it upside yeah. down yeah well, and I think for purposes for tonight, uh, especially in light of time, and I, and I know where we're going, and I appreciate it. Um, and I think that I think that you um, very <laughs> and, and I think that what we want to do is we want to stay focused on what the nature of God is in regards to Him uh, sending or choosing. Now, God, did God choose to do to do this? to destroy everybody on the earth with the yeah. exception yeah. of those that were on the boat yeah.
2: Yeah. that were being made fun of I think it was our choice you either you either love God or you deny God mm-hmm. and then he makes the decision of where you go
0: ok so you're now have you changed in? And what? is your change? Is your position changed no. from an hour ago? no, you still go one to the other ok, no I'm just wondering what yeah. you were thinking before and if it's changed based on what we've been yeah. looking yeah. at, at just, biblically well, well let's take a look at. okay I appreciate that let's,
2: we keep saying about choice okay it's our choice okay if we love God or deny
0: him did any of these people have a choice in Genesis 6 no they didn't know
3: they didn't know it. It. No, it was yeah they were told for not much.
2: to do what they did right, yeah. right. they and had a choice became corrupted and
0: and who made the decision By God. God let's oh. keep going Exodus thirty two twenty five through 29 Now we know this story. So we know the story that Moses uh, saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and so he had become a laughing stock to their enemies. So he he stood at the entrance of the camp and said, whoever is for the Lord, come with me. And all the Levites rallied to him. We would expect that from the Levites, wouldn't we? And then he said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Ah, Pay attention. Each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth to the camp, from one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day there were 3,000 of the people died. Then Moses said, you have been set apart to the Lord today, for you were against your own sons and brothers, and he has blessed you this day. And God said what in verse
1: 27?
0: He told them to do what? Yeah, he did. And then in verse 28, what happened? They did it. And then in verse 29, what happened? What was the result of that?
3: What? They were what? That's a rough one. To Here's Jesus. But he obeyed. But he obeyed. There's
0: a lot going on there. There's obedience. There's God's command. There, are, there is disobedience. And there is... Um, uh, I mean, there is a lot that's going on in the story. And the point is that these people had choices. They were in the desert and they were doing things they ought not to do because God commanded them not to do it. And there was a consequence to it. They made the choice. He made the decision. Right? Wes? Yes. They made the choice. There were consequences to that. So, but does any of it make sense to us in terms of being fair? You just said that's difficult. Yeah. are the the not there. Yeah. Okay. If you
2: try to get in your head what the situation was, you got somewhere between three and six million people. Yeah. And you can't put up with. People go in their own way. There was there was and a lot of disobedience, wasn't there? Rules. Yeah. Well, heck, he if you keep going, he wiped out a whole big chunk of them. The ground opened up, and they, they were gone. Yep. We actually looked at that scripture last week, and it
0: swallowed them up. <laughs> some more that gravity or something. Well, but I think you know we 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 look at this question, <coughs> and, we, and, and sometimes I think we view it from the, from the point of view of, of is that fair? But they were
3: sitting. Okay. Is it fair? The clay doesn't fair. Mean a
0: potter, it's fair. Ah. I don't want
4: to
2: be a toilet. I want to be a beautiful beast. Okay. Or a boss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. a boss. Yes.
0: But in light of Isaiah 55, does it make does it make sense to you that God would do this? Yeah. I don't want the Sunday school answer, you know. Definitely. Of course, it's written, so it makes sense. No, I'm saying if you sit here, does it make sense to you? Well,
3: yeah, it's
0: horrible. Hmm. Well, what about what Jesus said in Matthew 13, 49, and 50? You're talking about two different eras. I understand we're talking about two different eras, but we're talking also about progressive revelation.
2: But you're trying to interpret the first era using the situation that Christ brought in so everything is totally different. You've got to the I would argue that,
0: that God's nature isn't different. <coughs> that
2: wasn't what
0: you asked. Oh, no, that was, the, that was the basis from which we started, though. So did God really do these things? Because what is God's nature? So, so God's nature, God has, we, we understand that God is love, obviously. And, but we also understand that in his nature, there is judgment and wrath. And then, and so all I'm talking about is that, that this first century Jew that now we're going to go to in Matthew is, is looking at this on the basis of knowing full well what was disobedient in the, in the desert and, and, and what God's command was and the 3,000 that were killed and, and, and God, God, these were consequences. These were real, honest to goodness consequences. And this progressive revelation of hell that is, that is, Progressing as we go along here is now in this first century where Jesus says that this is how it will be. Jesus says this Matthew 13, uh, 49 and 50. He says this is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the burning furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What did Jesus say would happen?
2: they be thrown into the wheat gets yeah. from the
0: tariff. Yeah. yeah. With the, the, there's that image mm-hmm. of fire that we, see, mm-hmm. that we see so much. And so the angels come and they throw or they cast or they send. They throw or they cast or they send. All those names who aren't written as Susan said earlier in the, in, 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 in the book of life. And he throws them where? We don't know where he throws them. It says, says back in Exodus
4: he says, However, when the time comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their
0: sin. And see, Jesus' audience would have known that. They knew from Daniel that there was this punishment for sin and disobedience. And you see, that you're absolutely right, Bob. They didn't understand when they were in the desert because it was a different time. It was a different place. there was a different revelation. It had not been completely disclosed because that's what God did over time. That's why the prophets came. That's why they taught. And here comes Jesus. And he says that, oh yes, you're going to be thrown into the burning fires. This is, this is the lake of fire, he said. This, this whole progression of what's going to happen to those that are disobedient. There's a lot of disobedience. Those that don't believe. And whose standard of measure is being used here?
1: God's. And what's the standard? Perfection. And who can, who can measure up to that?
0: Nobody. Nobody. See, we know that, but they didn't. That's what I love about, about where Bob's coming from. Because, he, see, he gets the fact that we have to transport ourselves to the time and we have to understand the culture and the language and the words that were being used. And, boy, that's really challenging in an hour and a half, isn't it? But, but, but you see, it's, it's God's logic... And it's it's God's reasoning and it's it's God's morality. It's not it's not mine, because see, I don't like any of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the truth for known. No, I believe it. Don't don't think you're not the wrong way. I, I totally believe it, and I know you know that. But, but the part of me, the human part of me, the fleshly part of me, doesn't doesn't like it. I, 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 I just I don't like it. And so it's God's decision. And so could it be that the difference between this sending and this choosing is based on maybe our human standards of measure? Hmm. And how many things has God, God done throughout Scripture that just don't make a lot of sense to us? Well, yeah, I'm still working through a lot. I mean, like Job. Why did God do that to Job? I read the story. I I get it. It's real. I know he was having a discussion with Satan. I understand everything about it, but I I, I don't know. I have why questions. I have those why questions because those things don't make sense to me sometimes. So we're back to that question. Does a loving God send people to hell? The place of punishment or do they simply just choose to go there? What I really hope tonight is that you realize one thing. It's a little bit more difficult to answer that question than perhaps we might have previously thought.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not saying it's not answerable, I'm saying I say, I'm just saying that we have to be really careful about being cavalier, because I am guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am guilty sometimes of being cavalier about being dogmatic about something until God whacks me upside the head and teaches me something. And I, and I, I mean, have you had to apologize to anybody for something you said? Because, I mean, talking theologically now, I took a real strong dogmatic position on something until I found out I was wrong. Ooh, that's not comfortable. I don't like to not, I don't, I like to be right. But I'm just, but I'm infallible and I'm not always right. But God's Word is. So. This whole of Scripture is this rescue plan that God put in place. That's what it's about. for Adam and Eve. You know, they just blew it. And God put this rescue plan in place. And that's the... Yeah. That's a whole other story too, isn't it? God, it was that woman who gave me... That's
2: right. She
3: made me 2 <laughs> Peter 3.9 on your list
0: says this the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises some understand slowness we think about this in terms of his coming don't we? <laughs> instead he is patient with who with. no what is, the, what is the word used in, in, in your you. with you meaning yeah this is the richie you take your finger point right here <laughs> and he is patient with me Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so, is that incompatible with God sending somebody to hell or them choosing? No. But it's personal, isn't it? It's very personal. See, because Jesus atoned for our sin. Right? Everybody in this room believes that to the core of their being, because it's true. Jesus atoned for our sin. Our separation from God was taken care of on the cross because he paid the price and in so doing, he's the one that paved the way, right? For everyone. Because what was the scripture that we read earlier? That none would perish. That's God's heart. God's heart is that none would perish. The issue is there's a but... There's a but, and as we look at the whole of Scripture, we have to see that Jesus says, but, oh, the path is so wide, because he knew. Why? Because he's God. He knew that the path was wide. And that, you know what, Wes? A lot of people are going to make the choice not to follow Jesus. They're going to choose not to do that. It's a truth, and in some ways it's a mystery, isn't it? So we got to remember: to sin is to cause, permit, enable, or consign. There is a consignment to hell as a consequence I'm sorry, but of disobedience. the
4: three things you just said? To
0: sin is to cause About to go to consign, permit, permit, Thank you. Enable or consign. and to choose is to decide. We're looking throughout Scripture here we're seeing people that are deciding, aren't they? They're selecting. They're making a preferential choice, aren't they? Even in the first century, when Jesus was talking about what hell is, they already knew that it was a place of punishment for disobedience. But like the rich man... The rich man was clueless because he had the right religion or so he thought. No, but he didn't. He was consigned to hell and when he got there there was no coming back. That's horrific. I mean, that's a horrific thing. Because he wasn't a bad guy. He was just selfish. Amen? Amen. He was just selfish. And if we, we... We won't do it tonight, but if we... Uh, if you want to, you can take some time and go through Matthew 25, 31-46. It's very familiar. It's the sheep and the goats passage. And it tells us that Jesus comes in glory. And it tells us that everybody is going to be gathered before Him. That's judgment. Amen? There's glory. There's judgment. And that the righteous, that's in Christ, because our righteousness is imputed to us by Christ, right? In and of ourselves we are not righteous, but God sees us as fully righteous. Amen? Okay. And they will be gathered into their inheritance. That's our inheritance. We're going to heaven. Amen? Okay. And the curse, that is unbelief and disobedience. The curse will the de- Depart. And that word depart means go away from or be sent to. Why do the translators use the word depart? Because it means go away from. Away from whom? Or be sent to. Consigned. Now I put a lot of there's a lot of juice behind these words. Mm-hmm. And the translators have big jobs when they use these words, don't they? And there's been a lot of debate and argument over the years and centuries, hasn't there? But, but my translation says "depart," part which means go away from or be sent to the lake of fire, that's eternal punishment for that disobedience, that sin, that unbelief.
4: I think there's a great purpose in there being that different people have different opinions because that causes us to do what we're doing today. I think so. And I think God wants us to give us a greater
0: hunger and thirst for his word. I hope that when we look at this question of whether or not God sins, because some people might say, uh, Scotty and I have had this argument and we're kind of on the same page in one way. Sure, sure. It's, it's yeah, discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's more of a discussion than argument. But, but you know, that, that, that God has decided, and, um, that, but we always have to take it a little bit farther than that. But He wants us to yeah, not, no, not only obey, but He wants us to investigate. How do you give us His Word? He wants us in the Word. Okay, get into the word of God get the word of God into us that's what he wants us to do which is why you know why he is so pleased because we're here and the enemy is so dejected because we're here because we're being obedient we're doing just exactly what infallible as we are No, I say that Fallible. fallible as we are. Here we are and we're digging into God's word. And so we need to wrestle with these matters. But I think that we all have the opportunity of free will to make a choice that is based on God consigning us to one place or the other. So does God send anyone to hell. I think we better be a little humble in our approach to answering that question, because it's a big question, I think it's an important question, and I think we need to pray about and to dig into God's word deeply before we just so cavalier, guilty as charged, rush into saying that, oh, no, God would never send anybody to hell, because in a sense, he wouldn't, because the Bible says that he wants no one to go there. Clearly, he doesn't want to send anybody to hell. But does he? Mm-hmm. Yes. But we have to be very careful about the relationship of just saying that God is such a God of vengeance and wrath and anger and, and judgment that he is sinning. No, there's, we have free will and we have plenty of choice. C.S. Lewis once said this, Sin is man saying to God, go away and leave me alone. And hell, then, is God's reply. as you wish (laughs) and you know C.S. Lewis is a very wise man and, uh, and that resonated with me as you wish I want to be separated from God and so God created this place of punishment because he is just and he is holy and he is righteous and he has all of these attributes that do not change and so we can't be cavalier because real people ungodly people that Jesus Christ died for are headed there. And if our understanding of God's role in sending people to hell, but our choice in going there, if you will, we can't take lightly because that means that our heart is hardened. And, and only God should harden our hearts if He so chooses. We should not be in the business of hardening our own hearts. We should be loving our people so that the same warning can be in place that Jesus gave. Don't go there! It was a warning. And it was graphic and strong and powerful and meaningful because His words and ours matter. They matter. Especially as they line up to biblical truth. Amen.
3: You know, the thing I hope that
4: what, you know, we're discussing about that, you know, the word, having the word, finding out what is. what is the word—the words truth.
2: And having, it, having the word in you—that's the truth. Amen,
0: and Amen that's brother. The awesome part of it. And that's an awesome reality that we can take. It's like. Everywhere. Everywhere we go. Because we are the church. We are the church. And that that is awesome. That is awesome.